You're now tuned in to No One Watches Regular News, hosted by me, Kerry Bogart. Welcome back to another episode. This is a story how racism can be used to play with people's emotions um, and trigger them and get them to do things um, simply because it's a case about racism uh, and they don't have all the facts, you know, yet. So... This article says officials say black student wrote racist graffiti at school. So it wasn't a white student or anybody else. It was a black student that's responsible for this. It says racist graffiti found on school bathroom walls. This was at a school in St. Louis. Um, This incident led to a mass student walkout. This was the result of a black student doing this. Okay, the black student admitted to writing the graffiti in multiple bathrooms at uh, Parkway Central High School, again in St. Louis. In a letter stu- to students, their families, and staff on Tuesday, Superintendent Keith Marty said, The student's race uh, does not diminish, diminish the hurt it caused or the negative impact it has on our community. Um. I disagree. When someone black does it, it hurts even even more because you can see how you can manipulate people and trick people. And like you say, cause a negative impact. Um, So this story is just an example of how someone black can do this and trigger a reaction from everybody else. And they do a, a protest, a walkout as a result of what this black student did. So it's real easy to manipulate people with a racist incident. And it doesn't even have to be true. It could be made up. The assumption is a white student must have did it. But it turns out it's the black student who wrote the racist graffiti at the school. So let's talk about this story about Demi Lovato. Uh, once again, she sounds crazy when she talks and sounds a little off. Um, I think that she needs to do some kind of mental evaluation because the thing she says is a tad bit off. So singer Demi Lovato says it's derogatory to call extraterrestrials aliens. No, you can't call them that. Don't call them aliens. You can call them E.T. So... I wonder if Demi has asked the people from outer space, these other beings, um, what do you want to be called? Because in my opinion, I think it's bad if people call you aliens because you're not really aliens. So let's get into why she said this. Okay. Um, So Demi was doing a a interview. Okay. And she was asked about a song, a unreleased song titled Aliens. To which she said no for very specific reasons. So this is what she said. I do not have a song called Aliens. Who is a known believer. This is uh, Demi Lovato. Who's a known believer in extra terrestrial life. Lovato did say the notion sounds cool but clarified. Okay. That if they were to have a song about beings from another planet or in space, the song would definitely not be called Aliens. My fans should know that I do not call them Aliens, Lovato said. Because Alien is derogatory. For anything. 
So she says, which is why I called them E.T. So I wonder if Demi met with the aliens or the extraterrestrials from outer space and asked them, okay, in my opinion, when, when people call you aliens, it sounds derogatory. It sounds wrong. So what do you want to be called? She asked like it's laws that have been made up that discriminate against aliens from outer space because they came to Earth. You know, they were made slaves and all this shit. You know, there was no laws and there was sanctioned by the U.S. government that said that you could not go here, eat here, go to school here. That didn't exist. So I don't understand why does she think that it's inappropriate to refer to the aliens as aliens because it's derogatory. That we should call them ETs or extraterrestrials. So, once again, Demi sounds a little off the wall. She sounds crazy, but in her belief, it's wrong. It's a derogatory term to say aliens when you're talking about the aliens from outer space. Um, HBCUs need to be funded. Um, Joe Biden, uh, he owes... Black Americans a huge favor. It was Joe Biden that thanked black Americans for his win in the 2020 election. It was black people that ran out and voted for him. It was black people that were manipulated and tricked that somehow Joe Biden was a better option. We didn't have a choice. So you went with the next choice that you thought was the best choice. It turns out it was just as bad. So here it is again. Uh, Joe Biden has a very low, low approval rating. He is horrible. Now the Afghans can get about $6.3 billion to help them. And they say that this is for to get them resettled. But HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities need federal assistance. For numerous reasons. Historically, these schools have been underfunded. And this is the, the, is, the issue that it will cause. Um, deferred maintenance. Leaving buildings out of compliance with local codes or otherwise un unable to accommodate students. Money for materials. Being able to hire teachers. Being able to attract more students. Students do not want to go to a poor rundown school that's not updated. They want to go to a nice school. So whenever you take... 45 billion and you cut that down to 2 billion. It lets black Americans know that Joe Biden does not care. HBCUs should be separated in a protected class of institutions. Okay, I'm going to say it again. When it comes to HBCUs, it should be separated in a protected class of of institutions. Because like I said. They are completely underfunded. And HBCUs have a unique experience. In America. 
So whenever you have Democratic infighting, right? And HBCU funding falls from $45 billion to $2 billion under latest Biden spending plan. It lets me know that Joe Biden does not really care about black people like he cared about the black vote. The black vote was more important than caring about black people. Caring about taking care of HBCUs and making sure these HBCUs get the correct funding they need, the federal assistance they need. So they won't struggle with the campuses being not upgraded. Um, They don't struggle with outdated research programs. They don't struggle with materials. They don't struggle with not being able to hire teachers or attract students. So here it is. Um, it goes from forty-five billion to two billion, and they're saying it could be less. This is under Biden's administration multi-trillion-dollar spending plan. Okay, the three-point-five trillion-dollar bill was set to include the forty-five billion for HBCUs, but no. Let's go ahead and just cut that way down. Joe Biden owes black America a huge favor and he has not delivered. So in the next three years, if Joe Biden does not deliver on any promise to black people, black people should never vote for the Democratic Party ever again. It's disappointing that here it is. Black people were convinced to go out and vote for Joe Biden. He's the best option. He's not as racist. As Trump is, we can't stand Trump. Get Trump out. You get Joe Biden in and he does not deliver. Black people should not vote for the Democratic Party. If you can cut funding from HBCUs. 45 being, oh, no, that's way too much money. Let's give them way less than what they need. It lets you know that the Democratic Party just does not care when it comes to black people. They care about the black vote. But when it comes to black people, they just don't care. They don't care about the HBCUs. And this is very evident. So let's discuss the uh, great resignation. You have a lot of Americans quitting their jobs uh, in large numbers um, and mostly women. Stress, exhaustion being burnt out, having to work 10 to 12 hours a day. Uh, you got people having to work from home. Uh, the children are at home. We, we had went through a lock uh, lockdown when the schools were closed. So the kids were at home. So if you're a woman and you have children, this added to the stress. So there was no way to kind of keep your work and your home life divided. You was at home working and you had to deal with everything. On top of that, you have childcare, daycare, whatever. Um, you have uh, daycares that, that are having issues as far as a staff shortage. So as a result, they have to lower in enrollment. It's more expensive. So if it gets more expensive, you can't afford it. You have more women that work in retail and restaurants than men. Um, 
this is not good, y'all. Uh, in the month of September, if you saw the jobs report, 194,000 jobs were added. But this is why. 300,000 women left the labor force in September. Those 194,000 jobs that were added were due to men finding new jobs. Okay. Uh, about 5.5% of women quit their jobs in August. About 4.4% of men quit their jobs. It's getting ugly, y'all. The number of people quitting rose to about 4.3 million. Dwarfing the number of layoffs from employers who cut 1.3 million jobs the same month. Okay. So, why are people leaving? So, it says right, says right here, women in burnout, okay? Women are experiencing the higher rates of burnout than men. It's getting worse. About one in three women said they have considered leaving the workforce or downshifting their career. So this is pre-pandemic. But after the pandemic, it got much worse. It says more professional women are taking medical leaves to cope with stress, exhaustion, burnout. This is according to, to a therapist. Their problem is especially acute for women of color. You're having to work 10 to 12 hours a day. Taking, taking your work home and never being able to keep work and home divided. So as a result, your responsibilities become more stressful because you're having to deal with your children at home. They have not been in school. It's a lockdown. So this is bad, y'all. Um, this is why I, I say that as long as this pandemic continues, it's going to get worse. We're seeing a healthcare crisis. Issues with education. You're seeing cops quit their jobs. You're seeing a a supply chain that's that's right now that's disrupted. You're having issues as far as people uh, uh, um, employers being able to hire truckers. The problems are adding up, y'all. I, I don't know if y'all have have seen this in. Even paid any any mind to it whatsoever. It's getting worse. And I hope that this pandemic is over faster and sooner. So so things can get better. Because if it don't, then we're going to see more people stressed out, exhausted, burnout, and they're leaving the jobs. All right. So this article says, um. A Pentagon official said he resigned because U.S. cybersecurity is no match for China. This is what he said. He called it, He's calling it kindergarten level. <laughs> um, his name is Nicholas. His last name, I can't say his last name. It's spelled C-H-A-I-L-L-A-N. I think it's Challen, I guess, whatever. Uh, he joined the U.S. Air Force as his first chief software officer in 2018, okay? He worked to equip it. And the Pentagon, 
with more secure and advanced software available. Uh, but he quit on September 2nd. In his departing, he cited that the Pentagon's reluctance to make cybersecurity and AI a priority is a reason for his resignation. Okay. Speaking to the Financial Times in his first interview since leaving, he said that China was far ahead of the U.S. Um, he said, we have no fighting chance against China in 15 to 20 years right now. It's already a done deal. It's sold up, y'all. It is already over in my opinion, he said. He also went on to say, the uh, challenge said um, that the AI capabilities in cyber defense of some government departments were like the kindergarten level. A number of U.S. departments have been subject to hacking attempts and ransom ransomware attacks in recent years. This is true. Um, in April of 2020, the U.S. Treasury Department of Homeland Security, uh, State Department, and the Department of Defense were compromised in the SolarWinds attack. The hacks, I mean. Um, hackers were able to spy on the digital activities of staff and access some of the emails. Uh, it says Google stopped working with the Pentagon in 2018 after 12 employees quit over a project where Google helped the Pentagon make software that can improve the accuracy of drone strikes. Um, it says China is aiming to become the leading AI superpower by 2030. Okay, so if he's saying that the U.S. has no fighting chance whatsoever, what he's saying is, look, the U.S. is not putting enough money enough resources or paying enough attention to what's happening. And they should because they're leaving themselves open to more hacks like, you know, like we've been seeing. Um, he also said it didn't matter whether the U.S. spent three times as much as China on defense because it was being allocated to the wrong areas. So you have to be able to take your, your money, your, your resources, and put them in the correct area. He's saying they're being put in the wrong areas. Okay. Um, it also says, uh, post announcing departure, he said he was frustrated in the reluctance to commit to cybersecurity. So he said he tried, he tried, but it didn't work. So therefore, the U.S. is going to have to suffer um, in the future of being open to all kind of cyber hacks and all kinds of issues like that. So once again, China is far more ahead than the U.S. when it comes to cybersecurity. And by the year 2030, China is going to be a superpower when it comes to this, when it comes to AI. All right, so here's the article. This article says uh, Harris uh, hits up uh, New Jersey bakery as officials met with Mexico on immigration. Uh, this is what I think, man. She's a woman. Uh, she's a black woman. So, of course, when it comes to men's business, women aren't allowed. So, you know what they're, they're doing to her? They're treating her like she a woman. You ain't got no business handling real issues, so we're going to give you the unimportant shit. So, let's just send you to a bakery. So, you can do some shit that you used to, you know, like... Y'all bake and cook and shit like that and clean. Do some shit that that makes you useful. Harris is no good when it comes to important issues. So they would rather send her away and say, look, in instead of you sitting here and wasting our time, us men, 
we're going to talk about this important issue, the issue at the border. We're, we're having a, a border crisis right now. You will not be in the meeting. Take your ass, hop on a flight, go to New Jersey, sample some goods because you're no good. They're treating Harris like she's a black woman. Not like she's a smart black woman, but like she, you should know your fucking place. So here it is. This past Friday, it was a meeting. So you had White House officials meet with people from Mexico to discuss this very important issue when it comes to the border uh, crisis. Harris was not there. Harris ass was in New Jersey. So they're treating her like she's a woman. And people don't see that shit. I see it. They're treating her like she's a woman. Know your place. Cook, clean, go eat some fucking Pop-Tarts and, and cupcakes and, and bagels. You can do that shit because you're, you're good at it. You can't do nothing else. So do your job. Go there. And we're going to discuss the issue at the border. So as of Friday, Harris was not nowhere in, in the meeting. A important meeting. No, they sent her ass to a fucking bakery. So here's the story of Jeff Van Gunny rips Kyrie Irving on live TV, makes fun of his research. So Jeff Van Gunny can make fun of a black player, his beliefs, his opinions, his thoughts. Um, John Gruden is fired for his racist comments. So how does Jeff Van Gunny get the pass? In a league that's mostly black, Jeff Van Gunny can get on live TV and make fun of a black player. It's not that serious. It's just a fucking vaccine. He didn't kill nobody. He's a basketball player. Just because he feels some kind of way about a vaccine does not mean you make fun of him. And this is what Jeff Van Gunny did. The same way that John Gruden was canceled for his comments and what he said, the same goes for Jeff Van Gundy. So this is what Jeff Van Gunny says about Kyrie Irving. You know what drives me crazy? I'm doing my own research, Van Gunny said. What does that look like? You're doing your own research. Are you in a, doing studies yourself? Um, are you in, in a lab? Um, what are you doing? I don't understand what that means. I'm doing my own research. So Jeff Van Gunny is allowed to make negative comments on live TV about an NBA player versus you being able to commentate the game. You're a commentator. Jeff Van Gunny used to coach basketball. So the same way that they have something to say about NBA players' vaccine stands, why can't you just do what you're paid to do? You're a commentator. Your job is to analyze a fucking basketball game, not make comments like this towards a professional basketball player like Kyrie Irving. Just because you disagree with what he says. Uh, and what he believes. So in my opinion, if you cancel John Gruden, Jeff Van Gunner should be canceled too for what he said on live TV. So here's your options when it comes to the vaccine. Um, first thing is this. You got it because you wanted it. Because you felt like it was the best thing for you. Um, the second thing is uh, you had to get the vaccine because you had no choice because of your job. Um the state you live in requires this vaccine to, you know, to go into restaurants and bars, etc. Um, and lastly, 
if you did not get the vaccine, it's because you live in a state that does not require the vaccine. It's not a mandate. Your job, there's no restaurants, no bars, no venues, wherever that says you have to have the vaccine to enter. I live in Texas. So I live in a state that where the vaccine is not mandated. Okay. This is the main reason why I have not gotten my vaccine. Because I live in a state where it's not mandated. So I don't have to get it. Also, my employer that employs me has not required that the employees at the company get the vaccine. So that's why I have not received it. It's not because I'm an anti-vaxxer. It's because, like I said, I live in a state that does not have a vaccine mandate. My employer that employs me has not required that I get the vaccine. So that's why I have not received it. So you can cut the shit. It's not about being an anti-vaxxer. People will find ways around it. Um... In Texas, Governor Greg, Greg Abbott issues an executive order banning vaccine mandates. Okay. So, uh, Governor Greg Abbott issued an executive order on Monday, October 11, stating that no entity in Texas can compel receipt of a COVID-19 vaccination by any individual. And, of course, people say, oh, he's crazy, he's stupid, you know, he's, he's going to get people killed, but... In my opinion, Governor Greg Abbott is doing the right thing. It also says, according to the executive order, that includes an employee or consumer who objects to such a vaccination for any reason of personal conscience based on religious belief or for medical reasons, including prior recovery from COVID-19. So, like I said, man, um... Here are the reasons why you got the vaccine. Because you wanted to get the vaccine. You live in a state or a city or whatever uh, that requires you have the vaccine to enter into certain places. Um, your employer requires you to have the vaccine to work there. Uh, the one reason why you would not get the vaccine, and we could just cut the shit, is because you live in a state that does not require you to get the vaccine to enter into certain places. Your employer does not mandate you to get the vaccine to work there. And that's why I have not gotten the vaccine. It's pretty fucking simple. But Governor Greg Abbott, Texas, Governor Greg, Greg Abbott, where I live at, issued an executive order on Monday stating that no entity in Texas can compel receipt of a COVID-19 vaccination for any individual. I think it's good. So I love Texas. I, I love living here. And that's one of the main reasons why I have not gotten the vaccine yet. It's because there's no requirement yet. I don't have to get it. So you can cut the shit. All right. This article says trucking industry facing hiring and retention crisis with the busiest time for shipping just weeks away. Um, It says freight operators nationwide are scrambling to meet shipping demands as they desperately try to lure more drivers into the pipeline of America's supply chain. So according to the American Trucking Association, the, re the reality is that the industry is facing a hiring and retention crisis. 
In 2019, the U.S. was already short 60,000 drivers per ATA. Okay. In the summer, the industry got 63,000 lost jobs back, but remained about 33,000 jobs short of employment levels. Um, this is mainly due to the pandemic. Uh, after the pandemic hit, uh, people didn't work. We had lockdowns and that shit happened. It caused a lot of issues. Uh, I've read articles to where they're saying the damage is already done. It's going to take seven to 10 years for things to adjust and get back to where it was before the pandemic happened. And we're seeing this everywhere, not just in trucking, but in healthcare, education, everywhere across the board. And somehow, again, people, they, they can only focus on the vaccine, the vaccine shit, but the entire economy in the, in the U.S. is at risk. As long as this pandemic continues, uh, it's going to push the the economic recovery back even further away. Okay, so this article again says, um, trucking industry facing hiring and retention crisis with the busiest time for shipping just weeks away. Uh, the pandemic is wreaking havoc on the economy. If you ever watch Kevin Samuels, uh, this is what he talks about, the modern woman. Um, actress Taraji P. Henson blames childhood trauma for being single. This is what she believes. Now, I don't know how she was able to come up with this conclusion that she believes that the reason why she's single is because of how she grew up around mental illness. So she's having a direct, a direct link between being single at 51 and what took place as a child. So the 51-year-old actress reflected on the trauma she faced as a child as her father suffered from bipolar disorder and believes she has struggled to hold down a relationship as she needs to act as a caretaker for men in her life. So I wonder if she has went through counseling to address this issue. I don't know, but speaking to the WTF with Mark Marin podcast, she said this at a young age, that's unfair. I don't know, but that's in me now. Um, I don't know. I just, I ain't married because I find the men I need to fix. You can't fix anybody. So she's saying that because of having to deal with her bipolar father and having to, to uh, play a caretaker, this carries over as a 51-year-old woman. And she says, I ain't married because I find the men I need to fix. And I can't fix anybody or everybody, I mean. So this is what she believes. So I don't know how, again, how she came up with this conclusion at 50 fucking one years old. So how does a 51-year-old woman who has a career, who's an actress, who's made money, she's a millionaire. I know for a fact she has a child, I think, a, a son or a daughter, whatever, but... How do you say that I'm single at 51, I'm not married, and it's because of a childhood trauma? To me, it sounds like I don't want to be accountable for nobody but me. You know, I don't want to be with any man that does not, you know, um, bow to me and do as I say. I guess that's what she really means. Uh, it sounds like it. But I don't think you can, at 51 years old, still say, well... I'm single at 51 because of my bipolar father 
that I took care of when I was a kid. Uh, that don't make fucking sense to me. But this, these are the, the excuses that you hear. And I see now what Kevin Samuel says on, on his show all the time about the, the modern woman always deflecting and making up excuses for the behavior. So here's a video of a white guy. He's talking about a city bus. And on the side of this bus um, is supposed to be Meek Mill's album cover. All right. So in the video, it, it shows women. They're naked. They're bent over. Uh, I'm assuming I'm assuming that these are black women. So but the images are very graphic. Um, it's not something you want to see on a bus that's rolling down a street in your city but in the time we live in now it's almost like these kinds of things is celebrated r kelly bill cosby we seen what happened to them um the me too movement etc you would think that if you are someone like meek mill you would be more careful in how you portray women because if they went after the baby over his comments and, you know, they went after R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, no one is exempt, especially if you're a black man. So in the video, the white guy is talking about respect. And one thing I can say and be honest about that we do lack respect for each other. So black women not respecting each other and not respecting black men, black men not respecting each other and respecting black women. This is a common issue. I recall seeing Foxy Brown, Little Kim, and it seems like now it's gotten worse with the uh, with the female rappers, with the Cardi B's, Meg Thee Stallion, Lotto, etc. It seems like they they're more sexual than the men are, or just as bad. So when you talk about respect, um, this is something we lack. We do lack it. Um, I recall seeing a video with Cardi B and she was playing her song WAP and her daughter walks in, she cuts the song off. So even Cardi B knows that her music is not age appropriate for her daughter, is that she does not want her daughter to listen to her music because maybe it's too much, it's too graphic. It's too much debauchery. But one thing we can't do is play is play the blame game and point the finger and say it's your fault no it's your fault no we are equal partners we all have played a role in in being able to damage our image and destroy it and then we blame white people and say it's their fault no they're not making you make the song wop they're not making you rap about killing black people you know so yes we do play a huge part we are equal partners but we act like one is better than the other. No, we're, we're the exact same. But the issue is we don't want to admit it and talk about it and say, like, yeah, it is a huge issue. So here's what the guy said. Look at this fucking bus. Look at this bus that goes by in my neighborhood. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? What is this? This is on the side of a bus. This is on the side of a bus rolling through your street. Going on the side of your street. Is this what you want, black women? Is this what you want, black women? Is this what you want? Look at this bull fucking shit. Look at this shit on the side of a bus. Is this what you want, black women? Is this what you want? Is this how you want to be respected? Is this how you want to be respected in life? 
This is how you want to look? This is how you want to be portrayed? Stand up to this bullshit. I'm from Philly. I actually should support me, Phil. This is fucking disgusting bullshit. Look at this lady. Look at this. This is on the side of a bus where little girls can pull up and see this shit. That's her fucking pussy. Let's not mistake him what this pink dot is. This is disgusting. This is satanic bullshit. I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of... Look at this shit that you're getting on. This is for everyone to see. Little... So he has a point, and uh, one thing he brings up is respect. Is this how you want to be respected? He has a point. You cannot argue with that and say, well, we do have issue with respecting each other. And that's the problem. Prime example is what I just talked about. Timothy Simpkins. What about his respect that he that he deserves? No, he at no point does anybody de uh, deserves to be beaten up and robbed and stripped naked. What happened to the respect? And this is what the white guy is saying. Is that, yes, we do have issue with respect because this is a, is a prime example because we can't get mad at everything else. But when it comes to our bullshit and when it's called out, we play the victim and act like we don't know or it's it's the fault of someone else. We have to stop doing this. But he does have a point when it comes to respect. Black men being able to respect each other, be cordial, not be violent. Black men respecting black women. Black women respecting black men and black women respecting each other as well. We know that this is an issue. But the problem is we do not want to be honest and, and even talk about it. So once again, Adrian Broner is in trouble. The problem has found another problem. So it seems like either he finds trouble or trouble finds him. Or he just has a bad habit of making the wrong choices, the wrong decisions. It's almost like he's never going to grow up. His mentality is just not where it should be. So um, once again, Adrian Broner was arrested in Kentucky for an outstanding warrant in Ohio, which stands from violating the terms of his probation from a 2019 plea deal. OK, he had his probation extended until April of 2022 back in March and was also ordered to enter a extensive outpatient treatment program. Guess what? He did not do so. Resulting in the current situation. So that's why he was arrested again because he violated the terms of his probation. And one of those agreements were, uh, or those terms was, he would enter a extensive outpatient treatment program. He didn't do it. So therefore he has violated his probation and they went to go arrest him again. So like I said, man, I don't know if he's ever going to grow up. He once had a promising career. He was supposed to be the next Floyd Mayweather. He had he was a great talent in the ring. But outside the ring is like his the choices he make, the the decisions he make is the reason why he's at where he's at now. He just can't solve the problem. All right, so every single year in the month of October, it's a national bullying prevention month. This article says the black community must come to terms with the problem of bullying. 
Now, here's a definition of bullying. Is defined as unwanted aggressive behavior among school-aged children that involves a real or perceived power imbalance, okay? The behavior is repeated or has the potential to be repeated over time. Bullying includes actions such as making threats, spreading rumors, attacking someone physical or verbally, and excluding someone from a group on purpose, for example, social isolation. Bullying takes various forms as it can be physical such as assault, intimidation, or destruction of one's property, verbal including name-calling and threats, and psychological or relational, which could involve gossip, rumors, or social exclusion. Also, cyberbullying. For example, uh, it can be through email, a text message, um, it could be a chat room, it can be on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, etc. This is cyberbullying. Okay. It says that the victim normally does not fight back. That the bully, the victim of bullying, the victim of bullying has a hard time defending himself or herself. Kids who experience bullying suffer from compromise, physical and mental health, depression, and lessen self-worth. When it comes to the case of Timothy Simpkins, in the black community, this is a fact that bullying is a major issue. A big issue. Why? Because we see innocent people get harmed for no reason. We've seen the gun violence, the murder. We've seen the assaults, the robberies, these things. This is bullying in the black community. This happens quite often. It's a normal occurrence. So when you look at the case of Timothy and what he went through, this is a common thing that happens all the time. So here it is. A teenager that's 18 years old, a senior in high school, at Timberview High School, in a good area. This is not a poor area. This is a good area. So if you have bought a home, Near Timberview High School, this is a high school you would want your child to go to. On top of that, Timothy's family was not poor. They have a little bit of money. Timothy came from a private school, so he went from a private school to a public school. And it turns out that he was better off at the private school because he was more safer than he is now at the public school. So Timothy came from money, from private school to a public school that's not that bad in a good area. It said that Timothy's father was beaten to death. He was raised by his grandparents. So, so um, for the most part, he has some sort of love and support 
I don't know the how the household is. I don't live there. So Timothy has good grades. No real background or nothing. So here it is a young man that's assaulted on numerous occasions. Again, robbed, beaten up, stripped naked, humiliated, embarrassed. The family claims that it was reported on numerous occasions to the authority and also to the school. So at some point, the adults whose job is to protect the children, they failed them. Hopefully, uh, there is some documentation, some proof that this was reported to the school. So Timothy's at school. A 15-year-old kid walks in the classroom and begins to assault him. Based on what I read, the 15-year-old kid did not belong in the classroom. So how in the hell did he just walk in? Then on top of that, the 15-year-old kid is a troubled youth. On top of that. In the video uh, that, that they have of the fight between Timothy and the 15-year-old, the 15-year-old is beating up Timothy. Remind you, he's 18, and, and he's being beaten up by a 15-year-old. Assaulted. And he didn't throw not one punch the entire time. He took it. In the video, you can hear the young man, the 15-year-old, yell, on blood. This is an indication that it's either he's in a gang, or this is just something he says, I don't know. But based on what I read... It turns out that Timothy was having an issue with a group of people. Now, I don't know if Timothy had friends and some people to back him up, but it looks to it looks to me that Timothy was just on his own. So the family claimed that Timothy was being bullied because he had nice stuff. And when they said this at first, I was like, it doesn't make sense. But the more I thought about it, it made sense. Because in the black community, this is what happens. If you have nice stuff, you can have a nice car, money. You're a target. You're an easy target for someone to finesse you, befriend you, set you up, or someone to rob you. So what the family said made sense, but they didn't put it in the they didn't put it in the correct context or elaborate what they meant. But but after she said that with the the family, whatever the uh, grandmother, the, the aunt, or whoever it was, um, when she said on the camera that he was being taken advantage of and bullied because he had nice stuff, it made sense. This is a common occurrence among black people. Seeing someone being robbed for their tennis shoes. Seeing someone arrive for the gold watch, their chain, their car, their rims, their money, etc. It's a normal thing. Also in the story, I read that Timothy had a, a Facebook page that was deleted. Now, I don't know what was on his page. 
maybe there's some things that the family was concerned about that the public might see and that Timothy could not be labeled as just a victim. Maybe there were some things that were inappropriate. You have two sides to a story, then you have the truth. We don't really know the truth yet. So far, I can only go on what I read. So bullying in the black community is a major problem because this young man was assaulted. He was robbed. He was humiliated. This is something that a lot of young men can relate to. Um, I saw a video last night of a guy doing an interview with a 15 year old kid. And they were talking about what happened with Timothy. And the 15 year old kids said that if he was in his shoes, he would probably do the, the exact same thing because coming from where he come from, uh, if you're seen as weak or soft, you're prey. You're an easy target. People will pick on you. They will bully you. And he talked about a time he got a haircut. He went to school and he, and he was being made fun of and teased for a, a haircut. So he was describing this 15 year old black kid was describing exactly what goes on in the black community of how bullying works. If you don't have the nice shoes on, the nice clothes, you're teased for, you're bullied for it. If you look poor, if you come from a poor home, your family is poor, you're teased, you're, you're made fun of, you're bullied. But for some reason in the black community, this kind of gets worser. For example, gun violence. If I have a cousin that's shot and killed, right, and I know who did it, and I go tell the authority figures, the, well, the authority, the cops, I report that I know who shot my cousin. I know who did it. And here, and here is the, the details. People will label me a snitch or a rat for telling what I know. Just because I want to do the right thing and say, I know who shot my cousin. As a result of me telling the truth or reporting what I know. I could get death threats. The exact same thing is happening to the family of Timothy Simpkins. They're getting threats, death threats over what happened. So this lets you know that, yes, bullying is in fact an issue. This young man brought a gun to school. He shot four people, two students, two adults. Legally, was it was it right? No, he he could not do this. It's wrong. But in the black community, and and I will say this, I'm talking about bullying. The kind of bullying that happens in the black community leads to this. A young man feeling that he had to uh, he had to protect himself by any means. I'm going to bring a, a gun to school because I know for a fact that I'm going to be confronted with either this individual or these people. So in his in his mind. 
he felt like, hey, I didn't, I didn't have a choice. I don't have nobody uh, to uh, run to. Nobody. This is why, yes, in the black community, this is a major problem. Because it's, it's, it's a little bit more than just teasing you about your haircut or your clothes. No, it goes a step further. We're talking about physical assault, verbal, threats. We're talking about intimidation. It goes a step further. And if you're black in America, you know that this is the truth. That in the black community, bullying goes a step further than than what it, you know, than what we know it to be. It goes further than that. We're talking about potential murder. We're talking about gun violence. Man, I've seen a video maybe a month ago. This was um, outside a house. And the story goes to where a group of young men were beefing with another kid. These are teenagers, y'all. They pull up with guns. They begin to shoot in the house. They end up killing, I believe, a three- or four-year-old kid in the house. They shoot and kill him. So this is the kind of bullying we're seeing happen. It could be a disagreement, a beef at school. They find out where you live at. They show it with guns as retaliation. They shoot the house up. And they kill an innocent kid. This is the kind of bullying we're seeing happening. It's not just beat you up, take your lunch money type of shit. No, this is, we're going to retaliate and come kill you if we want to. This is the kind of bullying that's kind of scary. This is the kind of bullying that Timothy went through. This is the kind of bullying that happens a lot in the black community. This is what I'm saying. Now, people can harp on, you know, you know how he was wrong or this was a mass shooting. No, I'm talking about bullying. This is an issue among black people that's not addressed. Because this happens a lot. And you know this is true. So, I don't know the outcome of what's going to happen to him. Um, for, um, for the most part, his future is on hold. Until he gets through this. His life will be, be, be forever changed. For what happened at school that day. I don't know his future. But. This kind of bullying. If it continues in the black community. We're going to see more cases like this pop up. Kids bringing. Having to bring a gun to school. To defend themselves. Against another kid. Or a group of kids. Because this is the only way they know how to. They have no conflict. Resolution: How to resolve conflict without violence. So the only way is to retaliate, to get revenge, to show them you're not soft or weak. Because if you do, you become prey. And this is an issue. That concludes this episode. I thank you for being able to tune in to No One Watches Regular News, hosted by me, Kerry Bogor. Um, I saw that I reached one thousand plays. Uh. To me, that's a big uh, a big thing 
to be able to reach 1,000 plays. So uh, that that means is people that's listening. Um, I do have audience. Um, so please feel free to leave a comment. Um, let me know what you think about my my podcast, good or bad. Um, I accept feedback, and it can be critical feedback, and and it don't matter. But give me your opinion. Let me know what you think, um, and I'll be back again next week with another episode.